You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast. And on Twitter, Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the 397th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in a new studio in Orlando, Florida. Hey, this is Matt Bling Allen in Minneapolis, Minnesota, coming in second. And this is Spencer in the same old green room as usual in Holyoke, Massachusetts, where I am yet again hosting another foster kitten who may make a lot of noise in the background, so we'll see. Need some, we need some background well, noise. I like it. Yeah. I appreciate that. It's it's storm in here in Orlando, um, and I do apologize for the new microphone setup. We will get it dialed in over time, but here we are. And gentlemen, last week, I will fall on the sword. Thank you for not ro- you know driving the bus over me more than the one time you did. Because it, uh, it was my fault. It was 100% my fault that I missed the podcast. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I was with friend of the pod, um, the courteous fellow... Matt Moran in uh, lovely Amelia Island, Florida, and I just didn't bring the recording equipment. My apologies. However, you guys did a great job without me. Um, You steered the ship well. I had taken some notes uh, about the podcast, and I need some corrections. Um, I was stoked with your coverage of the Tour de France. Um, It was fantastic. Uh, the, The time trial in the beginning, I know how much you enjoyed that, but I gotta say... You guys acting like you have never heard the term gelée before. When I have said the term gelée to both of you countless times and have helped source gelées for you, including a Movistar gelée for you, little guy. If you said gelée, it's I, not it that hard. You're calling it. My head, I you're just calling was it. Like a, it's a vest, man. It's a vest. You're calling it a gillet, but yet it's a fillet of fish. Come on, it's not that hard. You're doing an embarrassment for all of us Americans. The amount of hate and angst I got from my UK corner friends about this uh, was was keeping me up at night. But I want to say, that mistake by Garrett Thomas to wear his gelée could cost him the tour. It could be Pedro Delgado level mistake here. And the reason why, while the helmets are important, Really, the most important part is what your skin suit is because the aerodynamics. That's why the UCI went ahead and banned skin suits that had like the silicon surface technology, the raised chevrons to make it cut through the air when it creates micro turbulence because it's actually that important because most of your body's covered um, with the skin suit. It's super important. You guys just pass it over. Garen Thomas is going to lose their Tour de France because he forgot to take off his I'm gelée. I'm pretty sure I actually didn't gloss that over and, in fact, created a whole conspiracy theory about that his gelée was – sorry, his gillet was made out of um, some sort of space-age <laughs> material with some sort of uh, golf ball zip technology. You did. You did. Um, yeah, similar to what Endura had gotten uh, banned in the past with movie stars. So, so- – I feel like I actually addressed that 
quite head on. You did. I, I was just so angry at little guy calling it a gillet that uh, I, mean, I just couldn't see it. Spencer, you came to my rescue. Thank yeah. you. It was good. Um, you guys also absolutely slayed the helmets. I, I stand by the tweet that Specialized did more to set cycling back with that helmet than anything else. We, we seeded the high ground. No longer can we make fun of triathletes. No longer can road cyclists try to act like they rule the roost. We are now the bottom feeders of all. I mean, how embarrassing. Specialized allows those riders to wear that at the, the last time trial, the real time trial. It's like 40K. I mean, oh my God. And then the guy that won yeah. wasn't wearing it. It's like, yeah. anyways, you guys did a great job. Thank you. We don't need to replan the podcast, but yeah. um, it was great. Now, the reason why I did miss the episode was because I thought the American Flyers Sunday Stroll episode was going to be enough to carry over our countless listeners. Um, it was fantastic. We got a ton of great emails about it. Um, and it, it was wonderful. And I just want to off the top to you guys read, um, one of them for you about the, uh, from Michael H dear friends. I loved every minute of your banter about the latest podcast. Um, but after the first two minutes of the Sunday stroll, my only quibble came right off the bat when considering the best cycling movies, there's only one answer. How could you not rank breaking away as a far superior film? I believe on closer examination, you would agree. It, there is no equal in conveying the passion cycling mm. of all dimensions, yada, 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 Michael. Uh-huh. Oh, and he said, uh-huh. don't ever stop your annual rewatch. This is a common. Yeah, we won't. But this is a common misconception and part of the mission of the Sunday Stroll podcast, I would say. It is. Mm-hmm. Um, we go into deep, deep details in the Sunday Stroll and we have for years at this point. Um and, uh, you know, I, I think we have convinced a lot of people um, to check out American Flyers if they're unfamiliar, um, you know, to, to really I mean, rethink, uh, you know, what has been hand-fed to them yeah. by big cycling, yeah. that breaking away is the superior move. Let's, let's break down the walls. Let's break down the barriers, and let's think for ourselves a little bit. I mean, I would argue that <laughs> Breaking Away is as much a cycling movie as it is a pro-swimming and rock quarries movie. <laughs> and whereas That's American true. Flyers is much more firmly focused on uh, cycling, cycling and family. I think I think Breaking Away is certainly the best um, representation of the stone cutting industry, hands down. Is it? Film. I mean, we don't see anybody cut stone; we just see abandoned quarries. <laughs> I, well, yeah, I, I don't plan stands. on ever rewatching yeah. Breaking Away. I mean, that's I mean, low hanging fruit. Any other podcast can do that, but we dug deep into the archives and. Anyways, listen to the podcast. It's our favorite, but we appreciate the email, Michael. But here's the thing. This I mean, is what we do. Well, here's, here's the thing. We could have made this annual rewatch about, uh, you know, what's Quicksilver? the um, uh. MJG? No, not Quicksilver. Um, uh, the Bad Messenger one that yeah, I'm looking at. That, that's a great movie. Oh, uh, Premium, Premium Rush. Rush Premium man. Rush. Premium Dude, Rush. I watched How that a little forget? bit ago for the first time, and I got to say, it was... It was hilarious. <laughs> All right. It's a real lifestyle. Well, maybe we'll have two annual We'll do that one on 10 nine day. We'll do that one on 10 nine day uh, for yeah. all the careers out there. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So guys, obviously episode 397, there's three more to the big shindig, but let's get right to it. Tour de France all week. 
I don't know where to start, so let's make this a, a solid potpourri um, session. Uh, little guy, you want to start? I mean, wh- wh- where do you want to bring us right away, little guy? Well, last time we talked up through stage three. I say, yep. We gotta just 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 go in order. Let's go stage four. Let's just talk through it. Kind of a boring stage until some guy named Walt Van Aert uh, ripped away from everybody and finally that got was pretty cool. Win. That's when he attacked with like twenty k, right? Doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't sound that spectacular when you say it like that, little guy. It was um, really. It was a really spectacular finish to that stage. It was a yeah, boring stage what you until that. Failed, what you failed to really drive home is that Wild Van Aert was currently the leader of the race in the yellow jersey, mm-hmm. off the front by himself for the final, yeah, ten or twenty k or whatever. Yeah. We, we haven't seen anything so rather like that than, in rather a very than long escape. time from Dunkirk. It was an escape to Dunkirk. Shout out to all the World War II buffs out there here for you guys. Um, I mean, I, I think it actually, I think it went from Dunkirk to Calais. Okay, it? so it was an but, escape from Dunkirk. There you go. Shout out. Yeah. But yes, now, yeah, 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 now yeah, okay. Tim was yeah, a no, U.S. <laughs> history teacher, no, not a world history I, I, teacher. I do find it's it... different things. Yeah, I'm just looking at the... I do find thing. it that like the top above the fold <laughs> is that while Van Art won... When in reality, we all like to think that Jasper Philipson won when he posted up coming across the line and did the uh, full like the the yeah. he was excited. He was so excited. He he has been having such he has such a fast sprint right now, but he has never been in the right position at any of these sprints, and he's gonna get one. So it can though there are aren't many sprint stages left, and I, I feel for the guy because. He has had a couple stages where when they yeah. do show the overhead shot later, you see all the people who are actually contending for the stage. And then you see this guy shoot out of the, like, come from out of frame and pass almost everybody and then get second or third. Now, so. little guy. But, you know. Yeah. It's, His day will come. I'm sure the other podcasts or other people have talked about this. Have we been tracking, like, who currently is the fake world champion? Like, can we have a fake world champion belt that's going around? Like, who's the last rider to post up thinking they won a race when they didn't? Right. So it could be the it could be oh, the Matthew well, Vanderpool posting up and someone comes. Yeah, but like we could start like a like an imaginary champion, right? Because it was it was Matthew Vanderpool a few weeks ago, right? When he posted up and someone came over his shoulder. Well. Did they? Betiel, I think so. I mean, after Philipson did it, Betiel did it at what, Switzerland or whatever, and, and, and got a ribbing from all the other pros, it seems. So, uh, Betiel, I think, tweeted to Philipson, sort of like, hey, man, like, <laughs> it's your it's your belt now. Like, you're you're the current yeah. holder of the last rider to do this. So, yeah, I think it's Betiel than, than Philipson. Have we had an. Um, now, little guy, you were talking on the pod that I missed that. Uh, you know, some of the lo- the back markers, if you will, some of these teams really going for these top 10 finishes, especially like uh, Intermarche, um, uh, was it Ar- Hugo Hofstetler constantly getting top 10 points in uh, stage races? Yeah. Eight. Got so, eighth on, four, on stage, on stage uh, four. Eight. He's how's this going for the, uh, the um, promotion relegation battle? Have there oh. been any updates? You know, I haven't paid attention. I haven't paid attention since the, the race started, but it's got to be going in RK's favor. <laughs> Though, I mean, <laughs> bling, a couple second places. We'll get to those, right? So that's helping out uh, Bike Exchange's numbers a little bit, I guess. Yeah. 
Not as much. I think getting a jersey is, I think it gets you more points than a stage win. So I think EF is the one who's really banking on that because all these days with Magnus Court in the polka dot jersey is uh, really banking mm-hmm. UCI points for them. It's a smart play. Four was a big surprise. I don't think anybody thought that climb was going to be that hard. It dropped Mingard and Yates, who almost went yeah. with him. But it was still... Which, do you guys think he should have waited for Vingard and Yates? Because they had a gap on everybody else, and they had Pogachar out of position. And so far, that's the only time Pogachar has been out of position now. Yeah. That was it. That was the chance. I, th- I think in the moment, no, he shouldn't have. But in retrospect, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, he should have. You know what I mean? Like, it seemed like a great move in the moment. Like, if, if you're in that situation, the instinct is, yeah, like, go. I can do this. And, uh, uh, yeah, like, afterwards, you think about it a little deeper, and you're like, mm, <laughs> that might have been the one, the one time we could uh, mm-hmm. do so some damage. You know? That was a... It was a solid stage, though. And then it led into the, the one everyone was talking about, right? Oh. Like the carnage stage that is Par- mini Paris-Roubaix, stage five, yep. which came across was awesome mm-hmm. television to watch, gentlemen. I loved every single moment of that um, stage. I watched it great. almost from start to finish uh, uh, on the second monitor, um, fini- uh, finishing yeah. towards Ehrenberg. It w- was fucking awesome. Pardon my French. <laughs> I would argue that I was going to say, it's the only, uh, a lot of these stages have had good finishes, I think, as we're saying, like, stage four had a good finish, and these later stages have had all good finishes and good, like, finishing climbs, but stage five, I would say, yeah, like you said, Tim, is the only stage that has been solid all the way through. What was... You were entertained the whole time. I mean... You had a a really good break, the break made it, and everybody in that break was... Like, I couldn't cheer against any of those riders. They all had a reason for me to want to cheer for them. And so it, 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 made, for great, it made for a great stage all around. It was, it was awesome. Spencer, did, were you able to watch the Paris Bay stage? The Cobbled stage? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, caught, I didn't catch as much as you did, obviously. But um, everything important, uh, I think I, I did catch, uh, including Wout crashing. Including yeah. Vanderpool getting dropped, including uh, the when they uh, the producer of the Tour de France. I don't know if it's um, ASO directly or if there's some sort of French Channel Four or whatever. Uh, when they hit the Benny Hill music yep. and Jumbo Visma started changing bikes and like uh, doing a little clown the car routine books. Uh, in the middle of the stage, that was very interesting. Oh. I'm not sure what uh, strategy they were going for there, but that was kind of my uh, personal favorite part of the uh, of so the a couple of, that was so stressful first, to watch. So Wild Van Art gets Wild Van Art <laughs> got 16th place on the stage. Shout out! And then you had Simon Clark, Taco Vanderhol, Taco Vanderhorn, sorry, Bosenhagen, and American Nielsen Palace. Guys, the four up sprint was a sprint in slow motion, like the mm. dead leg sprint of a century. I loved every moment of that. Like each one of those four, so I wanted to win because you knew that like the bit, well, you knew the really? build in their legs. Like they, like whoever was going to get it, it was, there, it was awesome. There was only one well, that wanted I wanted to, to win. win. Really? You wanted to win. 
Yeah, he got second. Oh, come on. And it they, looked yeah, like, it looked it, like it, it was in the it'd bag. It'd be great for they it'd be great for Taco to win. They all had a good story. That's what I'm though. saying. But the but absolute the, broken heart. This the thing is you had heart. you had Paulus, which you know you got the American. Well, there's no sure, American sure, there. yeah, yeah. You had Boston Hogan, who's I always want Boston Hogan to win because one, he was supposed to be like the next Wout Van Aert. Like he got billed like that when he first came up, and he's had a great career, <laughs> but it's never been like uh-huh. that level. And yeah. there were stories. Never raced cyclocross. There was there were stories that came out that he he wasn't on the tour team initially, had the car ready to take the family on vacation, got the uh-huh. last minute call up, and then here he is a couple days later, almost winning a stage. So that's nice. You got Taco. My fam's psyched. Everyone's favorite. Everyone's favorite breakaway guy. And then you got Simon Clark, uh-huh. who didn't have a team midwinter. Uh-huh. Who didn't? Uh-huh. I don't even think he had. A, he got signed to Israel to like. March or April or something. Like, winning a tour stage. Those are all fine great. reasons, but I mean, I I would have been happy for Paulus for sure. Uh, but out of that break, I was I was on Team Taco. Uh, I was ready to have a taco party. I was um, ready to throw down, and it looked like he made the perfect move. And kudos to Simon Clark for just being able to edge it's, him out at the line. That was a uh, a very good sprint, like I, you said. It was just Tim. the uh, slow motion. But, uh, I was brokenhearted. I was. I was a little brokenhearted broken that Nelson Palace never got the jersey. He came within four seconds, and you know he had his he it's had so his chance. Uh, the first uh, U.S. Native American uh, racer in the Tour de France. Uh, really cool to see, and so so damn close. I wanted him to do it, but stage five did not disappoint. Um, shout out. On stage five, by the way, uh, Nairo Quintana with a 14th place, looking good. Normally, he's the one that's off the back. Ben O'Connor did not have a great day. And then what was up with EF's tactics, by the way? Did did Pogacar pay uh, Betty All or whatever to just, like, bring back the group? What's going on there? I don't know. That was weird. And then they had, I think the next day I heard Betsy All was, like, apologizing for it. I don't, you know, I guess we'll find out. <laughs> at some point it'll come out but that did seem weird he did sort of look like he he had a quick conversation and then he, he hit the front and it, it didn't seem to really time, time will st- soon so, tell so anyways stage five what did not disappoint i'm sure there's others that would say but uh stage six was the heartbreaking one for me because friend of the podcast and uh <laughs> correspondent extraordinaire michael matthews almost took the stage win with a solid second place finish to one little-known Slovenian rider, Tadjik mm-hmm. po- Pogacar. Um, and that was the end of the Tour de France. That, like, yeah. at that point, the Tour de France ended, and uh, uh, we knew where it was going to go. It was great that we got the cobbled stage on stage five, but this is uh, Pogacar's to lose. <laughs> uh-huh. and But it was still a good stage because we thought Bling was going to have it. I thought he had it. And then today, yeah, or two days later... Today's stage eight. Uh, stage kind of eight. The same yeah, thing. like <laughs> it's like no. no here's the thing. I go around to the mainstream cycling media, the one website of saying uh, mainstream mm-hmm. cycling media that owns everything. I don't see the posts and the articles mm-hmm. showering Michael Matthews with love the way that they did with Wout Van Art. When all Wout Van Art was getting was second places in the beginning of the tour, it was all like, "Is he going to win a stage? Is he not?" What about Michael Matthews? Two second place finishes. To mm-hmm. two different mm-hmm. stellar world class athletes, like yeah, I agree. where's the love? 
I don't know. I bet the Australian sites are just only talking about the two bling places. The one lost to Pogachar, one lost to Wout on stage eight. So tough, man. You I don't think. know. He's he's right there. He's right there. He's just got to get the timing right. Yeah. He tried to lead it out, and you can't do that. Like ah, it's such a. I, it's gonna be a party party in the streets of brisbane when he uh takes the win but um yeah. anyway stage six was once again uh pogacar uh takes the win solid sprint at the last minute over michael matthews it was so just poorly timed but um it was wonderful but at that point at stage six i just want to point out that this is when or it, was, it started with stage five with the the cobbles is when um tom skewns has started to make an effort into the 16th place on the GC. So he takes it from Wout Van Aert, or sorry, he, on the end of stage five, he slides into 16th place, holds it for 16th place while everyone else is going around, up and down around him, holds on to 16th place. To, to me, this speaks yeah. like a legendary tactic here because although he's not in 16th place anymore right now, a few stages later after stage eight, he's still within spitting distance of making it work. He's still within like a minute or two and, you know, a couple of COVID positives, something like 16th place could be his. <laughs> he's one minute. Yeah. He's a minute off the time. Right <laughs> like, we after stage eight. Yeah. Before stage and it was nine. pointed a uh, big day on stage nine. It was but, pointed out by quite a few people on this, that it was, it was great to see that he is making the, the effort to make, to make this happen. The overall. Well, he knows, I think he, he knows can do it. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I like. We know he's a a fan of the pod and a listener, and that he knows the importance of sixteenth place. And he knows, as a savvy professional, he knows the marketing. Uh, What's, you know, it's all about um, getting those eyeballs on him, getting the earbuds listening to him, and uh, that sixteenth place uh, in honor of the Slow Ride Podcast will. Get a huge, I mean, huge yeah. return all, for Trek eyes um, over like getting in a breakaway or something. All silly eyes on like Tom that. Skewns over at the World Potato Conference. Um, but let's uh, World Potato Congress. Sorry. Oh my God! Uh, Stephen yes. Pearson, shout out to the pod for helping bring uh, Track the 16th place tracker that is Tom Skewns. Tom's, if you need any help, just do it. Just let us know. We'll get on the radio. We can do the calculations for you while you're in the car. We we, we hope to see some stage wins. Definitely, you know, Alp Duez around the corner on Bastille Day. Just go ahead and crush it. But don't go too far <laughs> ahead of everybody else that we lose the 16th place quest. Um, so Right. Just, just ride, <laughs> ride within yourself, Toms. Um, there's guys ahead of you that are going to fall away. Don't worry about it. Uh, just stay very zen. Think about the potatoes. No. Um, and, uh, you know. Now, st- stage you got seven... This was the excitement, right? That was the mountaintop dirt road finish to La Super Planche de Belle Filet. Oh. Um, I'm sure I nailed it. Uh, Pogacar takes the sprint win over totally Vingard. Yeah. Um, so it was Vingard and Pogacar, as you would imagine. But really, let's be honest, guys. The, the story of the day was Louis Mentes, who was there in the top 10, looking good for Wanty, has a mechanical, sprints... Uh-huh across the line while winning tactfully letting Nairo Quintana take it over him in a bike throw. So Luis Mentes gets 16th place on the stage. 
climbs like 30 points in GCs, just outside of the top 10. Things are looking good for my favorite rider in this year's Tour de France. And I got to tell you, um, the <laughs> sprint, the, both are of they? them, yeah. Louis Mentes, Quintana, okay. both of them together. Yeah. So like, you're, you're saying whatever weird thing you did to curse him that he got a mechanical at the top of this super clean, steep climb. Like we should reiterate, if you haven't watched it, this is a very On my steep birthday, my dude, on my birthday. Climb. Yeah. The, the, yeah, the sprint between uh, Pogue and, and Vingard for, for first was very slow and like starts and stops. Um, it was a, it was not like a just a normal sprint. Like they were like having to sit down periodically in the sprint. Yeah. And, and you think yeah. it was a it was a good thing for Mankties that he had yes. to run it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> okay. I, I think right, the, only, sure. the only the only thing that disappointed now, me was confirming. the announcer nonstop talking about a little known back marker, Chris Froome, running in the past. I don't I don't even know who Chris Froome is. I know who Louis Mentes is. It's pretty awesome to see him, you know, break uh-huh. the mold a little bit, run up a mountain. Is it just a thing of 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 scrawny GC guys from from some part of Africa like to run at some point in bike races is that a thing because I like I saw a story uh, somewhere this last week that was about how uh, Roglic likes to go for morning runs and he's not he's 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 Slovenian yeah. so that's a different kind of running he doesn't seem to like to run during the stage um, yeah. Maybe this finish would have been better suited to him if he'd run, but he he did end up third. So, so you're suggesting shoulder? He is still he's still yeah. There. So Roglic, yeah, the hay bale. But let's get back to so, so you're saying scrawny African cyclists or African-born cyclists running up mountains. That does lead like the Rwanda. Rwanda is going to host the UCI World Cycling Championships in what 2025? I think it was announced. And there is that crazy climb that the Tour of Rwanda goes up every year. And I think that that is on the course. I mean, we could possibly see a world champion winning to the top of the climb in Rwanda running across. This could happen. If we see any of these uh, scrawny climbers <laughs> show up uh, with like... SPDs, SPDs or t- time, time, uh, time Atex? We, yeah. we know it's game there on. Go. Oh, what do you got? Yeah. Yeah, They're on some gravel shoes on. that just have just the right amount of flex that you can run in them. Yeah. Um, anyways, I... Mm, good marketing. Can we it's talk really about the hay bale? Um, I was... So, so the, the motorcycle pulls the hay bale into the road. Meanwhile, there was at least 10 to 15 like fans around the hay bale that could have pulled it back in. Is Primoz Roglic the, the most unlucky... <laughs> rider in the history of the tour de france um, when it comes to fan interaction yeah i mean i don't know just fan interaction but he's just he's pretty unlucky for a guy that has such good results oh speaking of he's obviously had some good finishes but he's yeah he's gonna win the volta again this year i guess how well no because that um (laughs) little known rider alejandro valverde is gonna slay the volta by like 10 minutes um and come back from retirement one more time um speaking of which tour de france Paris your base stage. Did you guys see Daniel Oss just totally cream that kid on the side of the road because his arm got caught by a spectator that was leaning in too yeah. far? Like, oof. Getting yeah, hit I by Dennis or Daniel Oss at full speed, that's got to be brutal. So best of luck to the recovery of that spectator. Oof. <laughs> what a... Yeah. yeah. These, these stages, I don't know. But 
the roguelitch crash crash was disappointing i think at this point i'm in it just to see how long can you know what wout stick around i mean like like what is he gonna be top 10 you know what's what's the story you know what i mean like like at what point wout wout i know he lost a bunch but like wout's already I, dropped i know DC, but can man. he come back up like or is he that far out i mean what what no. are we watching this tour for anymore i think he's really far out what are you talking about yeah he is far out he is we're, we're Currently the he GC, He's the, in the, currently the GC, uh, v- Vingard is only thirty nine seconds out of it. We got an uphill finish tomorrow. While when this podcast will come out, you'll already know what has happened on stage nine. And then we have a rest day. There's plenty of racing left in this. Man, okay, know. little guy. I, I, I there's, these, there's, these, there's, these years of the podcast are starting to bleed together to me because I'm pretty sure last year you were telling us it was going to be an amazing <laughs> race to the end. Um, I. I hear you. I still think that it's it's only stage nine. It's I know. Well, there nine. could be a COVID positive or something, right? Because one of his teammates did get home on uh, COVID, which, by the way, means that we all lost the roller derby <laughs> prop on if a rider was going to be because uh, we all assumed yeah. that they would just say stomach flu instead of. Well, mm-hmm. I, my point is, I I agree. Uh, Pogacar looks the strongest by far, but. He's only 39 seconds up. Despite looking invincible, the gap isn't that big. You know? Very true. That's true. And, and it's, Garrett it's Thomas realistic. is sitting right there. Something could happen. With the 71 seconds he may have lost. G's the right delay. there. Yates is there. Pidcock's still, still in the top 10 we get the, Yeah, you, you've got is the it? whole top 10 within okay. two minutes, um, which isn't huge, but... Well, yeah, I'm, I'm still going to watch the race. Things can change. Things clear. will change. I'm still change, watching the race, but, uh, but I'm with, watching with... for victories. I would argue that Roglic, it's not good that Roglic crashed and that he's injured, but Jumbo sometimes had questionable tactics. And if both of their guys would have had smooth sailing so far, Roglic and, and Vingard would be like both 40 seconds behind Polk, right? And mm-hmm. we'd end up with a boring race. The fact that Roglic is... Uh, like two something down, two fifty down right now, almost three minutes down, gives him a little bit of room to play around in the mountains. You know, you could go up the road early, and does Roglic want to chase him down and then isolate himself? So, you know, on some of these longer climbs, like they actually have a little bit better card, I think, to play with because Roglic is farther back. Like if Yates or G goes up the road. He's got to chase because they're both right, pretty right. close, realistically. But Roglic is far enough. Hey, maybe you let him dangle. He's your countryman, whatever. You know, let him get that stage win. You know, but don't give so, him too much time or you're in trouble. No, no, no. They'll give him about a minute or so. Like I think he could, you know, uh, uh, finish in a group slightly up the road. And this is where our friend Tom Skeens needs to be paying attention to the move that Roglic goes in because if he can claw back a minute, ninety seconds. Um, on Rigoberto Uran, currently in 16th place, uh, that that will do big things for his campaign to win the 16th place jersey that I'm sure will oh make if he wins if it. If he wins, yes, that that will happen. Um, Spencer, and I apologize for interrupting earlier, besides, Poga, do you think Pogacar has, is this all on him to win to, to win this? Or can he rely on any teammates? I mean, is that what's going to be the excitement for you? 
Uh, I think he's got a one or two teammates he can rely on. Sure. Um, I think the kind of kind of to little guy's point, um, Jumbo just has an embarrassment of riches, um, which they can play with, and they can sit Vingard on his wheel, and they can mess around with Roglic, they can mess around with Wow, like whatever. Um, they've got a little more freedom to get creative, and historically, that really hasn't gone well for anybody. But <laughs> if anybody can pull it off. I'm pretty sure Jumbo Visma would be the ones to be able to do it. Uh, despite the Benny Hill circus yeah. clown clown car situation they had with the bikes on, on stage uh, five. Well, dis- despite uh, Anios being fairly quiet so far, they've got, they got three or they got four riders in the top 10. Pidcock, I don't think will stick around there too long, but Yates no. and G are right there. And then Danny Martinez is sitting around two minutes, which that's the guy to send up the road. And again, right. They've got enough guys to start launching guys, and heck, maybe one of them ends up on the podium. It's, like, it's a Roglic Martinez Gunes move that I'm looking for. <laughs> uh, one, one, one guy I wanna, I wanna put a pin in. Uh, who's I'm gonna say right now, 100% lock, guarantee, 14th place. And I just realized this. I wish I would have realized this pre tour. Yeah. Uh, Rides for AG2R, Arlene Perret Pientre. I mispronounced his name, 100%. Um, he is currently sitting in 15th place on GC. Yeah. Right? He has done two previous Grand Tours. He did the 2020 Giro, 16th place. He did the 2021 Tour de France, 15th place. You know where this is going. He's in the 2022 Tour de France. He's getting 14th That's place. That's true. If he races long enough, he's going to win the Tour. You will win the tour. It'll be the first French win in a long time. <laughs> the first. It French could win even ever. be this year uh, if things fall correctly, which they won't. But it could be. <laughs> that's why. We, that's why we run the race, boys. Uh, it's not an open and shut case, as Stephen likes to say with a poker car. Um, it's, a, it's pretty close. You know, we got to do the whole yeah. twenty-one stages of brutality. It should just probably be two weeks, uh, but. Since we're still doing three oh, weeks, this was two tours. weeks. I'd be watching uh, we gotta, every we gotta kilometer. Gotta see it through. You know, I just and like maybe like two weeks. Yeah. they could take out the great the uh, the whole time trial thing. Um, well, gentlemen, it's uh, it's been great. I think my favorite part of these first uh, few weeks is seeing our correspondent in the field, Michael Matthews, absolutely slaying it with a couple of podium finishes. Keep going, Bling. You'll get the title. With a stage win at this year's Tour de France, we all believe in you. Let's go to you to hear what you have to say in this week's Premlap. Hello, this is Shireen from Alaska Alliance, and I don't listen to the podcast. All right, guys, here we are in the Premlap, and I gotta admit, I was absolutely thrilled when I saw and heard from our newest sponsor on the podcast course. I'm talking about Florida-owned, Florida's own, Sea Sucker Bike Racks. Gentlemen, I've had a Sea Sucker bike rack yeah. for years. I have the Talon, which is the single, um, the single bike mount. It's got three high-powered suction cups up front, the one in the back. I keep it in the trunk of my car 
because I never know if I have to go pick someone up. Yep. It, you could put this thing on in about literally three minutes. It's awesome. If you could put on a heart rate monitor, you could put this thing on. This thing is super easy. I love it. It's fantastic. <laughs> I, I cannot say enough about this. Everyone should own it. And the best part is, little guy, when they contacted us to sponsor, I thought of you because of the car collection that you have. You're not going to find a Thule roof rack system with the feet that are going to match all that. Yeah, this true. thing is the most customizable bike rack and it doesn't fall off i don't care what anyone says i know it's a little iffy and weird that you're like oh, yeah. jumbo visma's using them like they don't go anywhere well, it's different yeah no if you're gonna if you're like me you're gonna run a, a weird 25 plus year old uh, collection of uh automobiles yeah you definitely want a rack that's gonna fit all of them <laughs> and that you can move between them as they break down uh, it's 100 percent the way i see Tim, you said you keep it in your trunk in case you have to pick someone up. I keep it in my trunk in case uh, my better half has to go pick me up because that is the most likely scenario is that I break down somewhere out on the road on a long ride. And it's, yeah. it's nice to have that rack in the it's, car so I can just say, hey, come get me. Everything's there. It it does take up about the size, like when it's not in use, it's like the size of a laptop. It's great. I, I just want to say this. I know that they're a paid sponsor. I've been using Sea Sucker racks for years. They are awesome and have never had problems. You guys were in the Saturn team car with me, the Saturn wagon. I bought it because of the fact that Saturn sponsored a team. I spent right. a, like $1,500 on a Thule rack system. We rode <laughs> down. We were going like 80 miles an hour on the highway, and all of a sudden we heard the and trays broke. Th the whole rack lifted up off the roof of the Saturn wagon. <laughs> bad. I never have bad. wanted a Thule rack system yeah. again. Sea Sucker has solved all my problems. Like, I cannot say enough good things about it. They're also great people. But I got to tell you, it's so easy to use. I know I'm fawning over it. I wish I was here in week one to talk about it. But go to seasucker.com, check it out, and use the code SLOWRIDE15 to save 15% on a sea sucker rack you will not regret it, it, it it's a, get the talon is what i would recommend it's the single one they super secure super easy to put on you can get the whole attachment for your through axle forks all that i mean we're on rim brakes so it's pretty easy for us but i gotta tell you the sea sucker is awesome but yeah and it's great check it out seasucker.com and use the promo code slowride 15 at checkout awesome we also want to, uh, of course, shout out uh, Wide Angle Podium Network and all the family of shows we've got there, including Grodio and Cyclocross Radio that have been churning out episodes uh, as the season goes on uh, in, 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 in that realm of the sport, um, as well as Criterium Nation, uh, who follows U.S. Criterium Racing. Uh, all of them churning out great stuff. Um, check out... Uh, all the episodes there. You can find them at wideanglepodium.com. And if you like what you hear, you can always support the shows and the network uh, by becoming a recurring member over at wideanglepodium.com. Sure. Well, gentlemen, shall we get back to the show? Hi, this is Tom Bonin. I don't listen to the Slow Ride podcast.
All right, guys, here we are back at the show. Major shout out to all of the folks that continue to email us at the slow ride podcast at gmail.com where all of your emails are gratefully received. Um, I want to give a major shout out to Jeff Diefenbach, longtime fan of the pod with this week's crusher in the tusher, the fourth stop or the third stop of the lifetime grand prix. We'll be able to follow along with his alternative uh, scoring method, but overall it is, uh, it's been going smooth. <laughs> I do know, I have not seen the results of the women's race, but I did see Keegan Swenson takes the win on the men's side uh, over Cole Patton. So we'll be able to see how the Lifetime Grand Prix is going. Friend of the pod, uh, Amanda Nauman out there as well for the $250,000 shootout that is the Lifetime Grand Prix. A few weeks, they'll be in September, they'll be at Shawam again, where we're planning on attending. I have to tell you guys... I have sent out my own emails to friend of the pod, Marco the Lond, because I'm trying to get my gearing correct because I am getting concerned not only about racing YouTube jokers, but also this whole catch-up bike from Ben Pickle. A little uh, nervous on that side, but overall it should be uh, going pretty well. So, little guy. No, Tim, I, the major flaw in your thinking is that you keep reaching out to people who are so much stronger than you for gearing advice. And how is that going to help you? you got to find someone oh, he, that's... He's already asked me. He said, do that. you plan on walking up all the hills or just most of them? And I said, probably all of them. And then he was like, what's your cadence? And I'm like, what's cadence? Okay. So, yeah, things are already going pretty well. I'm sure he's ha- enjoying the conversation I'm having with him. But uh, let's get right to it. Ryan, Ryan Carnahan hits us up. Gentlemen, it exists. Sorry, Tim. Also check the must-go-hard and relish options. But Spur Cycle has a ketchup water bottle. And they also have, uh, you know, don't forget to hydrate with a ketchup water bottle. But they also nice. have linked a jersey of a ketchup cycling jersey from Heinz. Um, it is disgusting. It's one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. But uh, for 30 uh, pounds, you can get your very own Heinz tomato ketchup jersey. Um, I, I'm i not going to say thank you to Ryan Carnahan from Iowa City, Iowa for this. But uh, I do appreciate uh, you emailing us. But I'm already not feeling very good. I... I very much appreciate it as well as I'm already on Google. We are going to be sending this to Tim's house. Thank you very oh, much. Can't wait. Uh, oh, God. Oh, man. Um, so, gentlemen, other things also happening, but I think one of my favorite emails that we've gotten in a little while, this one came to us from Kevin McClendon, and he says, Hey, gents, watching the YouTube Twitter Friends highlights this evening, while I was on the trainer, I had the captions on. If you've never watched cycling highlights with voice recognition captions, you are clearly missing out. (laughs) The distinct inability for the software to understand any names beyond John Smith is entertaining. As such, I propose a segment of Guess the Rider where I include the translated caption names and Spencer and Little Guy attempt to guess the actual rider's names. Some first names are too much of a giveaway. Ooh. And I've had time okay. to like take this. some notes. I like this. Please enjoy. Now, there, there's quite a quite a bit here, guys. So uh, let's just go through it. Um, everybody loves, or sorry. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say what it is, and you tell me who the rider is that they're talking about. All right. Um, right. And yeah. so this is voice recognition captions. Everyone. 
right. Yeah. I'm ready. Yeah. Auto AI generated. generated. So the name comes yeah. across Everyone Loves Pizza. Everyone Loves Pizza. Who is the writer that the computers think is Everyone Loves Pizza? Claude Van Ert? I'm going to say... As Everyone loves Peter Sagan. Peter Sagan. Everyone loves Peter is what we were going at here, okay? Uh, so that was a little bit of a red herring, but pizza, wow. Peter. Um, there you go. All right, uh, Karen Thomas. Huh. Well, and that's cheese. Yeah. Garrett Thomas, Garrett Thomas. And by the way, you guys failed on the according to G scale joke last week. According to Jolet, maybe that's why he kept it on. According to Jolet. Anyway, sorry. Um, It starts with a G. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is is probably my favorite. Alien Nation. Alien Nation. (laughs) Alien Nation. I'm going to go no, Adam Yates. No. That's close, though. No, no. That's good. No, uh, no, not that close, though, guy. No, uh, <laughs> it's Oliver Nason. Oliver Nason is Alien Nation. All right. Oh, I, 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 hope, I hope yeah, all the listeners are playing along to uh, Kevin McClendon's uh, amazing game. All right, uh, the fourth one. There's so many more here. This is great. This okay, is great. Uh, this, 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 this writer had two different names. Uh, we had Pig Out or Peacock. Thomas Pidcock. Thomas Pidcock. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Right? Thomas Pidcock. Has to be Pidcock. Right. Okay. Grease off the port. Grease off the port. We got grease off the port. Head starboard. <laughs> oh, it's Christoph uh, yeah. Laporte. Chris, Christoph Laporte, Christoph Christoph yeah. a.k.a. Grease off the port. Love it. Um, we have medicine. Medicine. Mads Peterson, medicine. Oh, you should have given us more time huh. to think on that. But okay, I, yeah. get, I get that. I get that. Oh, that was pretty good. You know, medicine. Mads Peterson is pretty good. Um, all right. Uh, we have uh, um, Anna Vegan. Anna Vegan. I would guess Anna Vegan Blue. So, but. On the, watching the men's it was store, Dylan right? on a vegan, oh, no, Dylan Grossen wagon, Grossen vegan. Get it? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's yeah. a stretch AI. That's a stretch. All right. Okay. Look at this one is straight up your alley. They did not close enough at all. They did not close enough at all. <laughs> this is a little Harry Potter, uh, Ben, Benoit Kosenfroy. Yeah, really, oh, just AI is really going there. Oh, wow. Um, Evelyn Part. Evelyn Part. Uh, little known. Uh, Wait, Evelyn Part. Harder harder than than I thought it would be. Evelyn yeah, Part. Like little known writers. Yves Lampart. Yves Lampart. All right, all right. Oh, um, Lampart. You kill a right. owner, A. Eh? You kill owner, A. Eh? <laughs> kind of like. A, like Canadian A. So you kill owner A. Of course, little known writer, Mikel Honore. <laughs> and um, <Wow. laughs> to wrap up this part is uh, less of. 
or Vlasov. Um, so that is just the AI um, going. Oh, wow. Now, the names they kept saying were Silly Dang. Pool, Philly Putt, and Lagonde for Filippo Ghana. Basically, this eager, be secure, be singer for <laughs> Stefan Bissager. <laughs> uh, for Primoz Roglic, they called him, yeah. uh, the AI called him Strawbridge, Struggler, Roughly, Shruglige, Roglive, and Throw Glitch. <laughs> Throw Glitch. A, str- a struggler doesn't seem that uh, inappropriate uh, jo- at the moment. <laughs> Yeah. Jonas Vingard was also called Vinegar and Jonas Finger Go. <laughs> and uh, abandoned, wow, abandoned police applause and appalled is Matthew Vanderpool. <laughs> and lastly, la- and lastly, number one yeah. himself, Tajik Pogakar got target baggage, daddy forgot your polls, type yeah. oh gosh, type got People got today pool pagodi back and poke at you. <laughs> pagodi back. Pagodi back. Yeah. Story and of the kept- 2022 tour. Um, boys, I uh, I think as long as the AI is is still doing these generated um, uh, uh, captions, nobody can complain oh, to the slow is, ride podcast. You're so right. I mean. <laughs> The odd squad is what AI called Team Ineos, and then the uh, you humble um, is Jumbo for Jumbo Visma. So there you go. Um, things are looking good. No one can ever complain about us. I'm with you, Spencer. Many thanks to uh, Kevin for this uh, great content here on the Slow Ride Pod. Yeah, this is I, this is a security blanket for Tim and the entire yeah, Slow Ride Podcast. This is- we're having a real John Henry moment here. Like we could go uh-huh. up against the computer, we would still get fifty percent wrong. Oh. We'd still win. That's so, great. Yeah, you totally. Know, we could so, still so, squeak so by. Just us, just sweating and like really working really hard as we just say writer names. Yeah. We beat it. We did it. We beat the machine. Uh, take that deep think. Take that yeah. IBM. Straight yeah, to Craig. Craig Schmeezing. Uh, yeah. Craig Schmeezing comes across and says, "Hey, gentlemen." This email, much like your podcast, may ramble a bit. I honestly thought about saving it with all hopes that it would be read on episode 400, but nothing can beat the prestige of episode 390-something. While celebrating America this past weekend and watching the tour, it got me thinking. With the recent success of of several American riders, I think it's time to introduce the United States championship belt. It has been a long time since we've had so many people to root for. These ladies and gentlemen have either won races or, at the very least, shown that they are good and talented riders that come through for us. Nielsen Paulus, Matteo Jorgensen, mm-hmm. Kristen Faulkner, Sepp Kuss, Leah Thomas, Brandon McNulty, Magnus Sheffield, and Quinn Simmons. Ooh, uh, I don't know. Like, I, that might be a typo. Um, are, are but a few typo, riders yeah, we can watch and cheer for. Is it time to introduce the Slow Ride United States Championship belt? Also, can we now give Michael Woods back to Canada? I was listening to the pod. No. I mean, yeah, by the way, can, like, what do you guys think? U.S. championship <laughs> belt? I mean, it, it seems a little redundant. We, we really haven't done too much with the belt lately. Um, I mean, uh, I was going to say, we, uh, gr- we could give Kristen Faulkner 
We the the American belt and just the women's belt right now because she's she's crushing Kristen it. Kristen yeah. Faulkner has been crushing well, it. So yeah. If we're gonna do American belt though, she, she should just well get she the should. Belt. So she's, I she's worthy I mean of the belt right now. We haven't talked much about the Jirodon, um, unfortunately, and I hope it's like the great predecessor that is gonna make the tour women's tour to France that much um, even more awesome. But Kristen Faulkner, I mean. It's a pretty unanimous. I wish we did spend more time talking about the domination and the, um, well, not not fully dominating, but amazing yeah. efforts. It's I'm like, pretty dominating. I know. She's it's pretty she's dominating. Two stages, two stage wins. Yeah, two, stage, I know. two fourth it's, places. Yeah, yeah. She bookended. She bookended yes. the race, which I appreciate. Wait, winning stage one, winning the last stage, like that's pretty cool. It is. So, are where are we at? I mean, you know, it, bike exchange, fantastic results Kristen Faulkner I mean yeah awesome yeah uh well she for sure gets the American belt I don't know how so do right you know? now the I mean, women's belt is with it's it with ends. the domination yeah, that's never the, ends. like right now the the women's belt is with um Elisa Balsamo and my only con- thing is like Van Vluten still like just dominated that race so much was always there yeah, two stages, GC, couple couple other yeah. top tens. So, yeah, it's so hard to not give her the belt every week that we bring yeah. up the belt. I mean, you know what I mean. That's it's, why that I I will argue this every single time we have a belt discussion. It's not about who dominated everything. It's not about the expected biggest bestest rider. It's about no the unsung hero. It's about who. Who impressed the most? It's, who did something shocking? Who who deserves the recognition they're not getting the, in some ways, you know? While also so being I at the top say, of the sport. Well, Kristen Faulkner did that skid yes. slash endo. Yeah. So right oh, that was there. incredible. That's, that's the belt. That's so safe? The, oh, my God. Spencer, I think you raised some good points. Here's the fact, though. Annemiek Van Vluten has yet to ever win the Slow Ride Podcast Championship belt. Yes. Like, that's really? the... Right, like oh, that's well then, the the level of, and then Kristen Faulkner is right there doing great things with stage wins for Jayco, and then also obviously the United States. It's fantastic to see. I'm just saying that Van Vluten is still yet to win the title. And at what point do you kind of like, when do you weigh a stage victories or stage race victory two stages against 11th place GC? Like, what's the like where are you at, and how much does the the near endo save add into championship belt territory and nominations and all that? You guys can move forward with this. It's kind of you know what I mean. I'm I'm just like Annemiek Van Vluten wins. The water is wet. The sky and never is won blue. The championship like, belt. I don't. But she she can't help that she's amazing. You know, I mean, like cursed with the being. You know, one of the all-time greats. The curse of being one of the yeah, all-time greats. No, that's so, true. What a great way to put it. She's she says she's going to retire after. Okay, so she still has a year. You know, you get that movie star jersey on. <laughs> so she's you never retire. You can't do it once you put that movie star jersey on, and you're in your late thirties, early forties, uh-huh. and you're maybe let's just say you're a goat. You're, n- uh-huh. you're not going away. You might say you're going to retire. You might, it might even get written on the internet in places. But so, come on. She's wait, not quitting. So, so I, I'm, seeing the, quitting. I'm seeing the We're, out here. Maybe we delay Van Vluten's inevitable take of the belt 
right now because she still has at least a year and a half to win it. I mean, you know, if you're always at the top of the game, whereas Kristen Faulkner on the scene, fantastic performance. Is that the is that the nomination you're going for, uh, Spencer Logai? What do you think? I mean, well, I, I I mean I don't think Elisa Balsamo a- has the belt anymore, right? Like, I mean, there's there's two candidates here that that could be taking the belt. I mean, Balsamo. No, <laughs> I, she did, I mean, I know, she did pretty I good in like, this race too. <laughs> I was looking. I was like, oh, it's eight points. Yeah. yeah, we're just sort of. We're sort of shuffling around the deck chairs. She, here. she, she won two also stages, won but, two stages. Like, she won two stages, <laughs> but uh, not as high as Faulkner in the GC. I mean, by this logic, Van Vluten needs to have it because she won two stages and then won the GC. You know what I mean? When has logic, little guy? What are you talking about? I'm just saying we we keep bringing up riders that won two stages that uh-huh. they should get the belt and then uh-huh. one of them and won the GC. two stages. I mean, I won the GC. I so, think it's got to I mean this is why you have a United States Championship belt. We appreciate the uh I but that's too many belts to follow here, but I I still think Van Vluten taking two stages and the win um supersedes it as much as I mean and and not winning the belt. I mean, that's that's kind of embarrassing uh-huh. at this point. How about this? We give it to uh, we give it to Anuska Koster from uh, Jumbo Visma. I'm sure I pronounced her name completely correctly. Finished in 16th place. Uh, started out in uh, 10th after the prologue. Uh-huh. Was able uh-huh. to sort of slide it down at one point. Ended up 17th. Then was 15th, and then corrected back. Oh, to so you're saying the final stage? So did, I like got, I got like... it real close, and then just had to kind yeah, of fine tune it in those last couple of stages. Nailed it. 100% I, I had it. a. Where it needed to, you know. I had a similar thought, little guy. I like where your head is at. I was actually going to combine the American belt uh, with the championship belt, kind of as we were talking with um, Kristen Faulkner, but uh, uh, Krista uh, Doble Hickok in fifteenth place, also American for EF Education, not so Education close. First, uh, Tipco. Yeah. Um, she had been zeroing in on that 16th place and just missed it by a hair, uh, was at 18th, had had overcorrected up to 13th at one point, um, and then dropped back down to 15th place to almost seal the deal. I kind of like it. Um, and, <laughs> you know, I don't know who Enesuka uh, you know, Coster actually is, so I don't really want to vote for her for the belt. Well, she's the rider who nailed 16th. Well, place. that's I true. mean, guys, let's let, I mean, let, you know, uh, let, 15th, 15th, 15th and 17th are well, first losers. Yeah, but here's the thing. Yeah. Here's the thing. Yeah. First the championship belt has prestige. You need to capture the hearts and minds. You got to have the attention and there is like 16th. And that's Kristen Faulkner. So, do you nominating Kristen Faulkner? I think <laughs> All right, I'll second I would the nominate nomination. her, yeah. Why not? Fine. It's fine. <laughs> Fine. There's no, there's no clear winner. We got, we got, we got a lot of. I mean, the well, good top ten, and you got, you got a, a handful of riders that. Here's, uh, here's the thing. Did okay. Finish high it's, in GC and and one stage. So I. It's don't have currently a, with Balsamo, um, and she won two stages and did great, and and so did this other woman. And if all things being equal, 
this one's a little more out of left field and impressive since uh, Elisa already has the belt, right? So if you're going to change it hands, it's got to go to Faulkner because Annemiek Van Vluten, we've decided, is <laughs> going to have other chances. <laughs> so the... Yeah, that's true. And I mean, we, yeah, Voss won two stages too, right? So, she, but um, And then right. on the men's side, just as a general <laughs> reminder for everybody, uh, Gourmet still has the uh, men's belt. Um, so Craig Schmizen okay. continues, I was listening to the pod in which you read my email about Jeffrey Supe and his tremendous beard. I made a huge mistake in asking if there are any other members of the Peloton which have food-related names, completely forgetting about former belt holder Taco Vanderhorn. The man that not only nearly won a tour stage, he nearly won a Roubaix stage. This got me thinking that maybe there should be a slow ride pod list of punishments you can assign yourselves or listeners for real or perceived infractions. You could even petition that the UCI consider adopting them for minor offenses. Minor offenses may include someone cursing at race motos or missing the litter zone with bottles or taking a nature break in front of fans. The list goes on. My thoughts of punishments include... You have eight hours to find a set of time road pedals in a physical store. That is that as someone that has had to do this, I impossible. I mean, the saving grace is that this actually is going to become easier to find time road pedals strictly because SRAM bought time. So you would assume that that he did say road pedals. It's pretty hard. That's going to be used to work at time. Like, yeah. did you, like, at that, still, like, it was still, still hard for you to find road pedals. When you were at Time, <laughs> all those years ago, when uh-huh. Time even probably had more market share than they do now, I mean, were, when you were sending so, out, and because yeah. you were wanting, running the whole operation side of things, were, like, was it just, like, three or four stores that you're like, oh, yeah, I still, I still remember that store. That's, uh, you know, that's. <laughs> that's Amling Cycle in Niles, uh, Illinois. Yeah. That's where Tim works. That's why we're sending them Time Pedals. Yeah, more or less. Um, there, there were a few very dedicated um, customer base kind of uh, uh, shops, and you know that's that's kind of how uh, it's very French. It's a very French uh, business uh, plan uh, strategy. Right. I don't know. Well, um, maybe we'll see more. But, um, uh, another punishment: you have to come up with a new and believable excuse that Spencer can use for not riding. Ooh, shots fired. Ooh. <laughs> Wait, wait. What do you mean? That's that's a good. What do you mean? One. Yeah. That's weird. Um, yeah, it's yeah. How's that training huh. coming for Schwamigan? I I mean that would make sense if I if if I hadn't been riding. How's that, that training coming sense, for Schwamigan? But... Huh. <laughs> yeah. Great. Oh, it's good. It's good. I feel like I'm probably just as slightly older uh, than you are. Punishment number three: You have to sit and listen to Matt talk about Italian one-day races without falling asleep. Ugh. <laughs> absolutely impossible yes little guy what's cool. what's i love it i love it it's what's the, the closer what's the up. closer that like like okay time to turn out the light now little timmy like what's the what's the closer what's the race you're going to talk the most about just lombardia just like just like the race it's like 800 miles 800 miles long no 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 that one's too big. It's no, going to be the Impella, em, the Empire, whatever it is. Yeah, and he's going to talk about one. the climb to the little chapel in the center of town, so, and I'll be I'll be asleep before he's done. No, it'll, it'll probably be I'll talk about uh, Milano Torino, and I'll like and I'll get kind of upset and worked uh-huh. up about how some 
they keep changing it from a, a climber's race to a sprinter's race these last right, few right, years. Right, yeah. And when I start getting into like the, the, the politics of that, they'll just get so bored. Yeah, already. Uh, and Craig's final punishment, and he says, this may be a little over oh. the top, but bear with me. You have to participate in a race or other ride with a bike that Tim built from parts in Matt's basement. Oh, my <laughs> so. God. He did say it was a little over the top Wait. right away. So, <laughs> so you'd have to. <laughs> this is a serious crime. This is like a homicide level crime. Okay. Yeah, uh, I don't uh, want to do that because I don't want to be held responsible for. For. I, I won't be able to write enough notes on things. The, him, the know, most but... recent parts in Matt's basement are probably from the mid '90s, which I some, is. I guess later. It's like 30 years at this point. And then for Tim, I'm sure he's not using a torque wrench, but like, I mean, even Are getting threadless that, stems. Oh, oh my God. No. <laughs> I, so I will say, I should, I don't know if I mentioned this previously, the most recent addition to my, my, my dysfunctional quiver of parts are a pair of VeloFlex wheels that uh, our friend Big Matt gave me from his collection of parts that have a weight limit, I think, of like 150 pounds. And uh, so that's from the early 2000s, and that's, yeah. that's about as new as it gets. And those, yeah. I haven't I mean, tried to ride those yet. But if Tim comes to town and brings a road bike later in the, the, the summer, I will definitely get those out for one day to try to drop them on a climb because they're very light. Wow. And uh, I think I could do it. I, th- I think I could put together a bike. I wouldn't ride the bike I'd put together, but I could definitely slap some things on a frame. We'd be all right. You might get, yeah, things might be a little backwards, but we'd be okay. But just remember, any layer flapping as you climb is a full schleck every time. Um, so, gentlemen, let's uh, continue this show on the road with yet another email that we got. This one comes to us from Robert Glover. Having taken your advice and joined roller derby for the Tour de France, I am learning the hard way of how little I actually know about Grand Tour racing. I marvel at a player called Wordless Joe, who is so far ahead of the competition. Can you get him on the pod to find out his secret? Is he half Rain Man, half Mercs? I'm fascinated. So I went to roller derby to see who is in the lead, and it is Wordless Joe. He, um... He or she currently has 31,000 points while the second place person has 12,000. And I, I, you can zoom in on the stats and you can see where the person put it. Well, where this Joe put 1,100 points on Remco Evenpole at 20 to 1 to win Liege Bastogne Liege. Um, amazing win. Uh. Uh, it, it came through. Uh, with 22,000 points. I'm pretty sure Luke said that that was the biggest winner of all time. Um, I would also say that Worthless Joe says that they are from Belgium. So did they have inside information from one Remco Evenpole that he was on particularly good form that week? Possible. So Roller Derby itself, you know, I went over and I looked at the results because I wanted to see how we're all faring. So I did a nice control F for Spencer and Spencer is currently um, second out of three in the Spencer standings. So um, Spencer, nice. Spencer nice. is uh, beating nice. Spencer Hackett, but he is losing to um, friend of the pod, Spencer Martin of beyond the Peloton. 
um, who has an amazing uh, gam- cycling gambling podcast in which all he says is anytime you go to a bookmaker in Europe, just put money on Wout Van Aert finishing on a podium because it's something that hits like 60% of the time. So you'd be an idiot not to bet um, that. So so Spencer currently is sitting in uh, 196th place. Um, Not too bad out of uh, 318. And uh, uh, Tim is uh, not doing so hot. um, But I have a lot of points still in play. I am in 270th place. um, But friend of the pod, I mean, so many great members of the Wide Angle Podium Network take advantage of this great game, rollerderby.com, R-O-U-L-E-U-R, derby.com. Put your internet reputation where your mouth is and bet some points on cycling. Um, Little guy, have you put any bets in this year? I might have. You're going to have to go over there. You're going to have to get the dial up going. The site is looking good. Um, But uh, friend of the pod, and multi-long-time listener Michael Toth is uh, absolutely slaying it, um, looking pretty good. He cashed in mega points on the COVID positive. And then uh, Derek Lewis, long-time listener of the pod, is sitting in 50th place. <laughs> but let's be honest, 16th place is just a few thousand points away from me and Spencer. Um, and we're, we're well on our way. Tim, this was like a 10-minute roller derby story where you went to check mm-hmm. how we were doing and all of that to... I uh, didn't hear you once say I was in the lead of the yeah, three of us. Yeah, I did not. Yeah. Yeah. Are you interested? No, okay. Let's, let's see here. Uh, yep. History I'm is not written, surprised. History is written by those who talk the most. Uh-huh. The same. Well, guys, let's uh, continue on. One last email. This one comes to us from Todd Grassman. And the reason why Todd emails us is because he says, One of my friends recently shared a video from this company called Rail Explorers, and I immediately thought of you, the number one rail biking podcast. It appears that they have rail bikes and tracks picked out across the country. Operations in New York, Rhode Island, Las Vegas, and Boone, Iowa. Anyone want to go on a great rail bike adventure in Boone? And that was from Todd Grassman. And then week and a half before, gentlemen, we got an email. That said from Brian Ryberic says Boone isn't just a cyclocross bike. It's a rail bike destination. Who knew a Renaissance man or Renaissance little guy in this case could be so ahead of the time. Maybe it's time to take a trek to Boone for a live podcast on the rails. Little guy, you are the closest individual to Boone, Iowa. Yeah, it turns out. Yeah. Uh, not that soon, but. Yeah, cool. <laughs> I'll check it out at some point. I wouldn't mind going down there. I like that part of Iowa. It's nice. I know it's just west of Ames, so it's actually not that far. Ames, Iowa is actually not that bad. Drive really to get there. What two, two and a half, three? My what? my little brother lived there for a couple of years. Went to college there, so I've spent a little bit of time in Ames, but I've never been to Boone. What does the Slow Ride podcast need to do to get you there on a rail bike? On a rail bike, little guy. Uh, well, you know, I'm currently, uh, demoing our downstairs okay. bathroom. So I guess the solar yeah. podcast needs to come here and finish the demo on my bathroom. Not going to happen. Tell you what oh, we're going to do. We're going <laughs> to, we're going to get you a sea sucker rack. We're going to throw, uh, a bike on there and we're going to throw the bits and pieces of your rail bike set up in the van so, and we're going to push it down the street until you can pop so, the clutch and get that thing started. 
So and Spencer, you're going to cruise down what, there and how you get back this, is on you. You said it earlier. We got to get him a sea sucker rack. That's the best part about the sea sucker rack. He could actually build his rail bike to have the sea sucker rack because you could move it around so that he can put this, the rail bike on the roof of the van with the attachment. If he can get the wooden attachment to work. Little guy, this is your, this is the possibility of a lifetime here. I'm with Spencer. I will fly back to push the van to get, to get it to start. Uh, you know, I don't even think I think I think me getting the rail bike finished is the weak link here. It's not the sea, <laughs> it's not the oh, sea soccer well. rack. It's not the van at this point. I put a lot of work into the van lately, uh, so unfortunately, I've been ignoring the rail bike. No, I do want to go. It looks cool, and they have a railway museum there. Well, I noticed from my yeah, small amount. Of sounds like a party so if you asked me. So, boxes. gentlemen. It's been yet another amazing episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. I can't think of anything else to, to discuss because I think we absolutely slayed it. Do you guys have anything in your mind? Well, awesome. Well, I can't wait to talk to you next week on the 398th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast as we get closer and closer to episode 400. Tom Schoons should be in 16th place by then, almost sealed the deal for the end of the Tour de France. And with that, we'd like to thank BK1, of Rhyme Sarah's Entertainment for his amazing intro off the album Radio Do Cannibal. We'd also like to thank our dear friends at Seasucker. Head over to seasucker.com and use the promo code Seasucker, or sorry, use the promo code SLOWRIDE15 to get your very own Seasucker rack. And we'd like to thank all of the members and listeners of the Slow Ride Podcast and Wide Angle Podium Network. Head over to wideanglepodium.com to find out about our selection of shows. And with that, this is Tim in Orlando, Florida. This is Matt Bling in Minneapolis. And this is Spencer out in Western Massachusetts reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists you see out on the road. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. an elegance to bike racing. For all its technology and engineering, it's a simple question of physics. How do you move a body through space as quickly and efficiently as possible? When the rider and the machine work as one, it's almost as if the solid world has melted away and all that remains is the spirit, the pure, raw, and unfiltered soul of sport. Life is measured in many units, miles, kilometers, kilos, and pounds, but we measure it one corner at a time. We've entered the golden age of crit racing, the most exciting spectator event in sport, where all of human drama plays out before us on our city streets. On this show, we bring you the news of the day and take you inside the personalities of the teams and riders and right up to the gates of the premier events in the world. Welcome to Criterium Nation.